Whether you keep them in your home or love to see them in theirs, these are the creatures that bring us all together. Reptiles. Reptiles. We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is the Reptile Talk Podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is Jeremy Turton from Brassman Reptiles. And I'm Rob, and I'm creeping it real. <laughs> and you're jamming over there. <laughs> that intro music, man. It just vibes. I'm I'm so happy that you're happy with it almost two years later. <laughs> that that is wonderful. Um, okay, so for those who watch the podcast on YouTube, this is uh, week two round two for this week. Um, our episode with John Dragnet just went up uh, today because I was finally back in town, so you can check that audio out. And uh, if you are an audio only listener because you don't like our faces. Uh, then you'll catch this next week. But in the meantime, I'm super excited. I always, uh, oop, I vanished. I vanished. I don't know if you guys can still hear me. Okay, all right, I'm back. Um, so I'm always excited uh, when we have Phil Goss from US Arc here. Uh, there's always there's always a fun conversation that happens via text message before. This. <laughs> um so uh, we won't discuss that live on air, you know, uh, but uh, super excited that Phil is here. Let's get him in here. What's going on, Phil? Hello. Yeah, I got to be professional now. No talk about those text messages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, man, how's it going? We just talking a little bit. Recovery from Tinley has gone well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that show was just nuts. I mean, it had been two years since they had a show, and and everybody was ready for it. So it was, it was a heck of a show to say the least. Absolutely, and they it, we raised uh, around one hundred and twenty thousand at the yeah, auction. Was, was yeah, the auction that? was auction was just crazy. So yeah, it was one hundred twenty for US Arc Plus. We did another twenty plus uh, for Telhex and Sarah from Twin City Reptiles, which was super cool. So yeah. Wow. Thank you. The herb community stepping up and and donating to some people who could use a little help right now. Absolutely, I, I yeah, I, those the auctions always never cease to amaze, you know, amaze me at, at how amazing this community really can be when it comes to these these situations. Um, heck yeah, man, that's yeah, that's absolutely. super awesome. Yep, super awesome. Okay, so let's get right down to it. Uh, what uh, what's going on? All over the country. What's what is making you pull your hair out, sir? <laughs> it's, it's the end of the year. Usually, right now is really pretty quiet, um, but we do still have some issues going on. Florida, we still have a lawsuit going on there. So definitely, and a quick little explanation for everybody in Florida: you need to make sure that you're following US Arc Florida. So that is a totally separate 501c6 nonprofit organization. And if you're in Florida, uh, that's really where your focus needs to be right now. They're on their second lawsuit against the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission. They had a lawsuit last year that they actually prevailed and won, and that repealed a law that had passed. And then a regulation came and essentially did about the same thing. So now there's another lawsuit underway. Um, so they're spending a lot of money down there in Florida. And U.S. Arc Florida is funding that whole lawsuit now. So that's not coming from U.S. Arc. Um, I'm a consultant down there. I work with U.S. Arc Florida and the attorneys, but still totally being funded by U.S. Arc Florida, not U.S. Arc. So important for everybody to know that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely don't think that that is uh, is wide public knowledge at the at this point in time. So definitely important to note. Uh, and I'll make sure that I put uh, Instagram handles and everything down in the description of the video uh, after we're done, and of course in the audio only, so people can go check that out. Uh, U.S. Arc Florida. Uh, and of course, U.S. Arc as well. Um, so, what's uh, what's some of the new updates? I, I'm now selfish. So, what's some of the new updates for North Carolina? <laughs> Rob will soon be selfish too. <laughs> Rob, are you going to be a transplant too? I am. Yeah, in a week and a half. Oh man, I didn't know about all this. We got. I think North Carolina will be okay then. Guys like you, you two moving into town. <laughs> Wait, maybe maybe that's good. Maybe it's bad. We'll, we'll, we'll make that. <laughs> uh, a voice as a constituent will help. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll be good to go. So yeah, at the state level, nothing happened. So uh, 
I mean, we had that incident with the Cobra and, you know, U.S. Arc is going to be coming out with, with some stuff. But uh, again, as I always point out, U.S. Arc is out there, you know, fighting for responsible keepers. And I mean, I mean, this kid who had the Cobra get loose was just totally irresponsible doing TikTok videos in his parents' driveway and uh, caging was not up to snuff. Um, and, you know, it's just something in anybody who thinks that one person can't make a ban happen. I mean, we're seeing it. Um, we're still trying to stop everything in Raleigh, um, at least have some type of permitting system, but crocodilians and venomous are still on the table. Um, it actually started out being a full uh, exotic ban. So everything non-domesticated was actually banned there for a second or proposed as banned in Raleigh. Um, so we got that all the way back to um, crocodilians and venomous snakes. Um, we already got healers and beaded's taken off the table. Um, but there is still some stuff there and we'll see where it ends up, but already come a long way in Raleigh and we'll see where it goes. There's uh, actually a meeting next Tuesday. Um, there's no proposed language yet. It's going to be an information meeting with a town council. Um, so we'll see what happens after that and, and what keeps happening in Raleigh. And there are a couple other counties, um, at least five or six looking at doing something. We don't know what that's going to be. Uh, we do have an alert posted for Robeson County. Uh, they have a meeting coming up too on November 1st. So anybody in that county needs to look out. Um, but yeah, we'll US ARCA uh, put the information out there so you know where to look for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's that's probably one of the scariest things about states like North Carolina where there's there's really a, a limited statewide regulation and then the counties really have a lot of control over what people can and can't keep because you know, the, the state thing, not the, that state regs are, are easy or wonderful, but at least you're only attacking one thing. Yeah. You know, here it's like, oh, now we got six things in this one place that uh, that are all maybe a little different, you know, so approaching them is, is not as easy as one, you know, one official statement. Um, yeah, and the state law in North Carolina is pretty good. I think the problem with it is it's, it's not that it wasn't enforced, it's that people who violated it weren't prosecuted um, as often as they should have been. So that's that's yeah. where the issue is with the state law. So again, I don't think it was a matter of enforcement, but it was just that unfortunately people who were violating the law weren't getting there, weren't getting cited. They weren't being prosecuted. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes there. So there may be something that pops up. I, I don't know that we'll even see anything next year, maybe the year after, um, but hopefully it'll just be maybe some additional language on the state bill if something does happen and not some kind of wide sweeping ban. Yeah. I uh, just want to take a quick second to say thank you to Natalie's Reptiles for the super chat. Uh, apparently, she's not able to chat on the suit on the live chat, but you can send a super chat. That's right. YouTube wants you to send us your money. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for anybody else that uh, may be interested, all super chats tonight we're going to send right to US Arc. Um, so I finally got the YouTube payout so I could send the uh, the last one's over. I have to wait for that cycle to go through. So I sent those in today. So all of today's uh, Super Chats will go right to US Arc. So send us your money. Yeah, thanks, everybody. <laughs> um, cool. So so we've got Florida. We've got North Carolina. Uh, is there is there any whispers of, of anything else um, off in the distance that, that you've caught wind of? Yeah, I mean, the animal rights groups and something else on the back of COVID, something else bad that COVID did to us was, I mean, there's animal rights groups pushing for bans left and right, saying that they got to cut down. I mean, they want to end all wildlife trade, as, as we all know. And when I say wildlife, I use that term loosely. That include, includes even captive bred animals, but I'm saying it, applying it to non-domesticated species. And I mean, there's, there's a petition with the Fish and Wildlife Service right now from the Center of Biological Diversity that wants to... Uh, totally end any trade in mammals and birds, um, which reptiles aren't on there. But obviously if they want it and stop the trade in mammals and birds, they're going to come after reptiles next. Um, but they didn't include them in this petition. And there was some other language and some bills this year and last year that wanted to uh, repeal our lawsuit victory, for example, that would have made shipping large snakes across uh, state lines illegal again. Um, right. That never got any traction. That doesn't mean that something else won't come along, but, uh, that didn't really get any movement in Congress. But yeah, there's certainly some other stuff floating around in the background out there. But again, we'll keep everybody advised on what's going on. For sure. For sure. Um, so for anybody, you know, I, I try to share this with as many people as possible. So for anybody who, uh, however they, they can't be informed uh, or however they, yeah, 
have not figured out what US Arc is, what can you just give like the general quick synopsis of what US Arc does and why it's so important that uh, that we support you guys? Yeah, absolutely. So a couple things first, usarc.org, usark.org is our website. You can check us out there. We're on Facebook and, and Instagram. Instagram is at USARC official. We have a Twitter account, but it's not used very much. Uh, but again, as I said earlier, we are a 501c6 nonprofit advocacy nationwide, and we protect the freedoms of responsible keepers to keep reptiles and amphibians as pets. And again, I always say responsible because if you're keeping you know, eight or 10 foot snakes and rubber cane, rubber made containers on the floor with loose plastic lids. That's not the proper way to do it. That's not responsible. You know, if you're keeping uh, venomous even in it, and it's not just, it's not just that stuff. It's not just, you know, big snakes and, and venomous. Even if you're keeping leopard geckos or ball pythons, if you're keeping them in cages where they can get out, you know, if you're keeping them in a, a garage with, with screen windows and no glass windows or something where you get out of the buildings, again, all that's being irresponsible and, and that's not who we're looking out for. If you get yourself in trouble, good luck to you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let me just hit this with Natalie one more time. Thank you for the next for the other super chat. Uh, she said she's going to send us some super chats since she can't do the live chat. So thank you. Thank you for all of your money, Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, I see Philip from Pack Pythons is in the house. What's going on, man? Um, everybody who's here in the live chat, if you guys could do me a favor and share this video, um, that would be huge. I usually don't uh, don't ask, but given the fact that uh, all of this stuff that we're discussing with Phil is super important, we want as many people to uh, to hear it as possible. Uh, so if you can please do me a favor, hit that share button. Make sure you're hitting that like button because it's awesome that that Phil can literally show up at the drop of a hat uh, <laughs> as long as his Wi-Fi is good. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So, no, oh, go ahead, Rob. Can we talk about the uh, the rebrand a little bit? And what's going on with the with the new logo and everything? Yeah, we're. I should have got these shirts differently. I don't know which sleeve is it on. The camera's messing me up. So <laughs> I need to get some more polos with it on the on the uh, chest instead of the sleeve. And then I got a banner hanging up back here that you can kind of see maybe. So yeah, we did a rebrand um, mostly at Tinley. You know, it was it was a pretty big success. Everybody got it. They said I can read what it says. And here's the thing. I understand some people may may have liked the old logo and, you know, it was great. It served its purpose. But when you go into legislators and policymakers, lawmakers, and the first thing they say is, what does that say? You're doing something wrong. Um, yeah. So the problem with the old logo was that, you know, it was great for the reptile community. If US Arc was selling T-shirts to reptile people, the old logo would have been great. Um, but there is no, if you go back and look at our old logo, actually, I just happened to have a thing sitting right here. So this is the old logo. And if you look at any big name company, whether it's Sony or Tesla or whatever it is, you never see overlapping letters. Uh, you don't see drop shadows. You don't have, you know, 20 gradients on the colors. Um, and, it, you know, it was just, again, it, it served its purpose, you know, when we were a startup organization and it was good for the reptile community, but US Arc obviously goes way beyond the, the reptile community. So we can't just target them. You know, we had to get something that was more friendly for legislators and uh, people who may just be becoming aware of US Arc. So, again, the old logo was just it was a little bit too much overdone. And, you know, I agree. I looked at the new logo and said, you know, that's kind of plain and boring. But sometimes that's what you need when you're trying to reach a broader, broader audience, because when they couldn't even read what the old logo said, obviously, that was that was a huge issue. So we we cleaned it up. We kept the red, white and blue, obviously, because, you know, that's a big part of US Arc. Um, America and defending the freedoms of responsible Americans. But, you know, that's basically why we did the rebrand um, was that it worked great for the reptile community, but going outside the reptile community, it, it, it needed some work. Yeah. So are you guys going to be using the old logo on t-shirts or anything, or is it just going to be the new logo going forward? Yeah, the new logo is on all promotional material. I'm sure. Yeah, we're certainly, I mean, the old logo is what got us here. Um, we'll have throwback shirts and stuff. Actually, we're going to be posting shirts for sale online on our website. And the oh. first one that we put up, we're actually going to have the old logo on them. So that's the oh. first time we've had shirts available online in like seven years, I think. <laughs> so uh, currently, <laughs> the only way you can get them is if you get a membership. So this would be a little bit cheaper option to get a shirt or however many shirts you want. 
if you want some. And the first ones will have the old logo on them. So. Okay. Yeah, because I the the rumblings that I heard from people are like, oh well, you know, that's not to look good on a shirt or blah 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 blah. blah. And if if you still have the option to get the old logo on for like a shirt, but the the rebrand is really meant for the politicians when we're going in and talking to these people who are looking at us as a professional organization, which we're U.S. is a professional organization. Um, they're not looking for something that looks like you know, you know, stylized. They want something easy to read, something that is relatable. And a lot of people say that it looks like what was like Citibank or something like that. That's something that they already recognize and trust. So when it comes to looking at something that they associate with something that they trust, it's better for the politicians than looking at this logo that's not something that they recognize. Uh, it's not something that they felt like they could easily read because a lot of people are just older who are, you know, uh, serving on these boards. They're not people like, you know, it's not people like me that are reading it. It's not people like who, who are keeping reptiles in their home. Most of the people who are reading this are old dudes who are serving on some boards. Hey, <laughs> I'm keeping it real, man. That's that's what it is. <laughs> Insulting <laughs> legislators, one age group at a time. <laughs> you can find one to prove me wrong. I'll take it back. Until then, I think what I said. Yeah, Rob. Rob you, I mean, you nailed you nailed a lot of it. Again, we you got to realize that USR has to talk to people outside the reptile community. So that's yeah. Why the the rebrand will be helpful moving forward? I know it was a, a pretty big change. It doesn't really look a whole lot like the other one at all outside of the color scheme. Um, yeah. But again, it was real important that we kept the traditional red, white, and blue and made it easy to read. Yeah, and I think that once people get that information, I think that there'll be a little bit more understanding because, at least from the people that I talk to, they're they're like, oh, I just don't get it. It doesn't look good. Like it's not what I expected. Um, it's not something that they feel personally relatable to the old logo. Um, when, you know, most of the logo is for, you know, when we're talking to politicians, because what is U.S. Arc? We are, you guys are going and talking to the politicians and to people proposing these bans, and they need to be able to take us seriously and know that we are just as serious as any of the other organizations that are out there. Yep. And again, the thing going through the process. So, I mean, it was a pretty lengthy process. There was a workshop and all kinds of things that went into this rebrand, but Again, when they started giving me examples, I, I never realized how much that Fortune 500 companies and household names, they have boring logos. What most people would consider boring <laughs> logos, but you remember them. Again, there is not one big company, a Fortune 500 company or household name company, who has a logo that looks anything like the old US Arc logo. I mean, they just don't exist. There aren't, again, the overlap letters and drop shadows. Um, you know, they look good if you have kind of an artistic mind, maybe, but they, they don't work for, for major branding. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. this is what it boils down to. And then I think that once people get that information, I think that they can come at it from a little bit of a different perspective. Um, because a lot of people are just looking at it from the, this isn't going to look good on my t-shirt perspective. And it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's so much more than that. And like, I get it. Like, I get it. It's not going to be the most exciting shirt if that's the only logo you can get, but with the ability to still use the old logo for shirts or for, you know, any of our like artistic stuff that we're doing, it's not a big deal, but like for professional and talking to politicians, I think this rebrand is really big and something positive for USO. Yep. Thanks. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen a couple people rocking, rocking the shirts with the new, with the new logo. And I don't know, I mean, it slaps you in the face, man. You're seeing it right Right there to the chest, man. You know, and I, I think, uh, you know, again, as awesome as, as the old logo was, like, sometimes you need to be, like, you need to just see it for, you know, exactly what it is. So And we'll, we'll yeah. downscale it, you know, going forward. But, yeah, those first shirts that came out, I mean, it's a big, <laughs> big banner of that new logo right across the front, and then it's got it smaller on the back. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's like you said, it's a slap on your face for this first uh, first couple <laughs> run of shirts, and then we'll – We'll kind of scale it down a little bit. Yeah, but I, th I think it's I think it's good. You know, I mean, uh, when when you think like like Rob was saying, when you think about really what what the job of US Arc is, like we need that bold, like in your face, like this organization is here. It has an important job, and you know we mean business. You know, and I mean I'm paying attention to it. You know, I, I'm, <laughs> my buddy Lenny was wearing one of those shirts today. I was like, boom, <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> but no, but it's awesome. 
it's so awesome. cool. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, I'm glad to address some of that stuff. Yep. Yeah, I uh, I had a, a meeting earlier uh, earlier this month with with Blake, and uh, so I definitely know the process because we we were talking about some things as well. He was like, "Yo, oh, it's a workshop and all this involvement and everything," and I was like, "Woo! This is can't you just draw me a new logo?" <laughs> oh, yeah. also, also, just so everybody knows, which. I, I don't, I'm just not a social media guy. I, I've posted once on my personal Facebook page and once in the last four years, I think I just don't, I, I don't get into the drama that's out there, but someone sent me a link to a couple, uh, you know, some drama over the new logo. And, and there were some people spouting off about how USR spent tens of thousands of dollars on this new rebrand. And first I have no idea where they got that information or why they decided to make up that rumor. But just to set clear, and I, I made sure this was okay with Blake from Stewart Design, but that was all pro bono. Um, so Blake Stewart from Stewart Design had a branding company. He's been doing this for years and he got into dwarf articulated python. So now he's a herpeticulturist. Um, but yeah. yeah, he did that pro bono because he understood that, you know, logo uh, US Arc was important to the industry and wanted to do something for us. Uh, so he did a pro bono. And on top of the doing the rebrand pro bono, he spent several thousand dollars on our new table covers, um, our like big, uh, if you saw them at Tinley, you know, the big displays, the big white displays yeah. with the different reptiles on them and some messaging on them, um, some shirts, some other stuff, a whole bunch of our promo, promo handout material, all that stuff he donated pro bono on top of the rebrand. So yeah, huge kudos to him and thanks Blake. That's awesome. That's absolutely incredible. And like, you know, that just goes to show that, you know, there's more important things to the people who care about what's going on. There's more important things to them than, than just the dollar bill at the end of the day, you know, and uh, dude, that's, that's awesome. That's really cool. Oh yeah. And so uh, I see Natalie just posted about stickers. Yeah. He printed, I think it was five or 6,000 stickers he printed to and, and gave those to us. So it was quite a bit of money that stacked up on top of the, the rebrand for free. That's awesome. Heck yeah. Yeah. Definitely a big shout out to Blake over at Stewart Design because that's, yeah, that's definitely huge. So yeah, Nat Natalie says, uh, I, I don't know about shirts, but I think the new logo is perfect dimensions for a bumper sticker. That's right. Yep. Slap him in the face. <laughs> I like it. I still have the old, old logo bumper sticker on my car, but I might have to do a new one too. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. I love it. I love it. Um, so I, I know you, you don't engage much of the Facebook drama and, and that nonsense, which is, is probably for the best because otherwise you, you'd never get the real work done. Um, but I, I just I want to maybe touch on a couple things that, that I've seen brought up over some time and just maybe dispel a couple uh, rumors or, or thought processes that have been uh, just talked about, you know, with regards to US Arc. Um, the first The first one being, uh, you know, oh, you know, we lost what was going on in Florida and South Carolina. So what is U.S. Arc really doing for us? You know, we lost these things and, you know, where, where's my money going? And, uh, you know, I tell people, you know, that they need to remember, of course, we don't enjoy losing in any of those situations, you know, but there's two things that I usually tell people. Number one, if you think that that's the end of it, you're sadly mistaken. Uh, and number two, uh, if you look back at the eight or so years that, uh, especially that you've been with us, those have been like the only two uh, bits of legislation where we've like actually lost, uh, you know, and then have to go back into to fight. So can you expand on that? Yeah, it was crazy. And I, I know this is going to jinx us, but we already had, we'll, we'll call them losses. We'll call them what they are, but for seven years there, I mean, we were batting a hundred percent. I mean, it was, right. it was it was pretty crazy. I mean, I don't know who you think can, especially an organization that doesn't even bring in half a million dollars, which I know that sounds like a lot of money to some people, but again, U.S. Arc is bringing in under half a million. You know, the Humane Society of the United States is two hundred million plus. So just to give you some comparisons there, uh, you know, we're small potatoes um, in, a, in a in a big old potato field. Um, but, uh, that's it. That's Indiana comparisons right there. <laughs> <laughs> we grow a little bit of more corn here. I think I, I you got to go for taters, but, anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously we're not going to win them all. And I hear about South Carolina sometimes the only, I mean, really the only thing I consider a loss in South Carolina is we lost Argentine black and white tegus. You know, the yeah. other stuff that happened in South Carolina, I know some people were upset about, but one, hardly anybody came <laughs> to, to voice their opposition. We were going through that stuff. They finally showed up 
you know, in round number three, which was venomous reptiles. Um, but we had two rounds before that where, you know, we, we just couldn't get anybody to, to come fight. And, you know, the one some people talk about was the, the native species ban, um, which actually that started out as almost a full ban on everything. And we actually got a, a lot of exclusions written into that for the commonly bred snakes. Um, so actually that's not as bad as it started out. Um, and then some people are upset about South Carolina DNR's uh, new authority to regulate non-native species. That's literally something that every other state agency has. 49 other states have that regulation. And it wasn't, it wasn't anything that US ARC tried to stop because we could have had $20 million in the bank to fight that and we wouldn't have stopped it. Again, why someone thinks that, <laughs> that a, a DNR agency shouldn't have the authority to regulate truly invasive species, uh, you know, that doesn't make sense and it's not something you're going to stop. You know, we hope, obviously, we don't, we hope they don't use it for overreach and we'll, we'll come uh, try and stop anything that they try and do with it that's, that's unjust. But again, to not have them that authority to fight things like zebra mussels and big head carp and things that are truly in, uh, invasive, you know, a state agency has to have that authority. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I think that's, <clears throat> that's one of the, the biggest things is anybody who sees anything that could potentially touch anything that we do, they're like, oh, are we, why are we trying to do something? And it's like, well, you know, I mean, there are some exceptions where we just got to yeah. be like, hey, you know what? That's a good idea. That's, that might be a good idea. You should let them do that. Yeah. As long as it's used properly, you know, they, they really do need that authority. Because like I said, they could have had, I mean, I don't know, emerald ash borer. Let's use that example. You know, some little invasive insect that, you know, gets transported around when you're uh, burning firewood and stuff, you know, that's some, I mean, South Carolina DNR had no kind of authority to prosecute somebody who may have been transporting some stuff that truly is a problem. So that's, that's what that bill gave them. Unfortunately, they did use it for Argentine black and white tegus. Um, you know, Josh uh, stopped it from being more species of tegus. Um, but again, we just, it was myself and Josh and Nick Botini and Josh's wife, I think were the only four people that called in to oppose it. You know, U.S. ARC announced it. We said they're having a hearing to discuss Argentine black and white tegus. Uh, you know, but again, it's a little bit of an issue in the industry. Well, I'll say a problem with people is when it doesn't affect you directly, you may not come, you know, help others out. So because it was so limited and it was only Argentine black and white tegus didn't involve any other species, it was really hard to get people to get involved and voice their opposition to that. Yeah, I think that's, that's definitely, I mean, and you and I have had, a few conversations about just like the, the lack thereof uh, when it comes to attendance uh, for a lot of these hearings. And I feel like especially, <clears throat> especially stuff has been on zoom and stuff during the pandemic. Like, it's like, do I want to really look at my computer for another three hours? You know? And it's like, you know, we, we had done plenty of videos uh, up at nerd about like, you know, ne the importance of needing to show up and, and make that, that quote unquote stink, you know, in the room, make that noise so that, uh, so that we're actually heard, you know, four people, I mean, four powerful people, but four people in a state that probably has, you know, a thousand reptile keepers, regardless of what they actually keep, you know, I mean, you're talking less than 1% of reptile keepers in that state, you yeah, know, there, that actually showed up to say something. Yeah, there was more opposition that called in, unfortunately, than reptile keepers. So, again, it's just there wasn't enough noise made. Uh, I mean, I don't know if we would have stopped it with a few more keepers, but, you know, it's you certainly want to give it a, a legit go. I mean, you've both seen it. You've both been to, I mean, in Boston, Rob showed up and we stopped a bill that had hundreds, a couple hundred people show up at a, at a state bill hearing. Uh, yeah. Jeremy, you drove all the way to Maine one time and, yep. and helped us out there. Um, so, yeah, when you when you show up, um, and you, especially when you outweigh the animal rights people, whoever else is there, they're, they're going to listen to you. Um, that's a common, common phrase in lobbying is the world is run by those who show up, um, which yep. if you don't show up and all they hear from is animal rights people, the animal rights people are going to win every time. Mm -hmm. That's, that's exactly it. You know, I, it's funny because I think about, um, <clears throat> think about all the times, like when you, when you first become of a uh, legal age to vote, you are like inundated with your voice matters, your voice matters, make sure you're registered to vote. And we get like, we get so sick and tired of hearing it. And especially when, 
you know, when it comes to larger scale politics, it's like, well, that really doesn't bother me one unless, you know, the gas price goes up or, you know, whatever raw, you know, raw material starts going up. This doesn't really bother me. But, you know, this is one of those legitimate, tangible scenarios where it's like, if you show up and say something, even and sometimes you don't even need to say something. There just needs to be, you know, enough bodies in the room. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm forgetting what... Uh, what hearing it was, but I remember being at a hearing and there were so many people, reptile keepers who were there in opposition of whatever the proposal was, that they were never going to hear from everybody. We would have been in there for over 12 hours and they finally were just like, if you oppose this, raise your hand. <laughs> the whole room raises their hand. That was yeah. Providence. Yeah. Yeah. We showed, yeah. We showed they looked outside the door. They said, how many of you guys are here in opposition to this reptile thing? Everybody raised their hand. They said, okay. They went inside for a minute came back out a minute later we're not going to hear that it's tabled like you guys know. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> yeah you know so so yeah so you sometimes you don't even need to say anything you just need to show up you know being yep. there means means everything like literally means everything um number numbers win it sometimes but so, you don't always need numbers if you got the right people doing it i mean we stopped that true. south carolina venomous bill last year it was introduced yeah. three days before the end of of session which it was unreal you know, I, honestly, I expected that to pass. They introduced it late. We knew that it was intended to be introduced late, um, and we stopped it three days in a row. It went through three four floor votes, and we stopped it every time. There was a lot of people emailing and calling, but as far as boots on the ground, there was only like four or five dedicated people, and then one guy who was kind of heading all Nick Botini. You know, I worked with them. I sent him one-pagers, which a one-pager is just a breakdown that fits on one page that you hand out to legislators' offices. Um, you know, they had it was him and one or two other people that actually went to the state house that handed out those things. Um, but again, actual boots on the ground wasn't that many people, but there were an awful lot of people calling in and doing emails. So, you know, that that gets the legislators attention, even though they're not reading all those emails. And then if right. you get, you know, a handful of people on the ground, sometimes if you do it right, that's all it takes. But there has to be yeah. somebody. <laughs> Yeah, there does have to be somebody. There does also, have it's important that it's locals, too. Obviously, like I said, USR wrote all the information for Nick and his crew to, to go to the state house with. Um, but, you know, the legislators obviously want to see people uh, who are their constituents and not just hear from some national organization based outside of their state. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, man. It's so important for people who are in the state to show up. It's so important for constituents to be there, man. It's so important. So important. Which is like why it's frustrating because I'm so far away right now from North Carolina for all that stuff. Um, <laughs> but uh, going forward, I, I hope that I can, you know, do something. At least, you know, show up. We'll go kick down some doors together, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be respectful. I'm gonna show up. I'll be this close to the door, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got to tell you, Rob. When when Rob gets up and gets his stage face on and, and starts talking, he's he's about as good as it gets. You know, there are some guys, you know, that that can joke around and do stuff online, but you know, when it's time to show up and and present to legislators, you know, you guys you guys are two of the best. So so thanks for what you do. We're trying, man. Look, I just want to make sure the kids that I do presentations for, I want to make sure they can still keep that up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one other thing that I want to I want to touch on, just kind of in the same in the same general topic, uh, I don't I don't think a lot of people realize that uh, Phil, you literally are the guy. Like you're you're the guy that's like basically do you're doing it all, you know, yeah. from from pack, packing up the t-shirts to showing up to the legislative hearings to, you know, I mean everything. So when you know, I've I've heard the random whispers and seen the random comments of like, oh well, you know, Phil's he's just out here, you know, just going to these meetings and blah 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 blah. And I still didn't get my damn T-shirt. Like, man, that's why I didn't get your T-shirt because he's doing the meetings, man. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there was. Uh, I think well, you'll be seeing some changes from US Arc next year. I mean, the reptile community has really stepped up this year, and our we're going to have a record for revenue brought in. Um, so, sir, I mean, and, and we've been, we've been stagnant long enough. I mean, we got to start growing or we're just going to be in the same cycle of always being on the defensive. 
Um, so yeah, ne next year you're going to see some changes with, with us arc and you won't be able to say that, that Phil is the guy anymore. Will <laughs> more full-time, full-time people, which I'm certainly not the guy. I mean, there's uh, again, us arc and myself, we couldn't have been successful without all the people who get engaged, you know, and, and, and come and show up at these hearings and, and spread stuff online and do what you guys do with, you know, having podcasts like this. So again, uh, I may be the only full-time employee with US Arc, but um, it certainly wasn't just me getting all this stuff done. So thanks for everyone who supported us and, and done work for the reptile community. Absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> Go ahead, Rob. No, I was just saying that that's, that's a huge part of why it's a community. That's why it is, you know, it's the Association of Reptile Keepers. It's not one reptile keeper, it's all of us. We gotta come together, we gotta share information, we gotta share what's going on with what's, you know, in the areas where we're at. And then we got to be proactive about sharing information with people who don't keep reptiles because if those people have never had experience with reptiles, they're going to say, I remember the movie Anaconda. And then they're going to say, that's scary. No, thank you. Not interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ab absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, another shout out for Natalie, who really has been just throwing money at us all night. We appreciate that, Natalie. Uh, she says, I'm still volunteering every month at the U.S. Arc table at my local show, spreading the word. Awesome. That is awesome. That's everything that we need. Appreciate it a lot. Thank you, Natalie. Yeah, you're definitely definitely out there hustling at the shows. I, I, I see you tagged us in some posts and everything. That's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I... Uh, I, I will say, because I don't, I don't mind saying it, but uh, I'm certainly flustered by the lack of uh, U.S. awareness down here. Um, it's it's definitely been quite quite frustrating. Um, and, uh, you know, I like I said earlier, I don't mind being the, the loud guy, and usually when I'm surrounded by a bunch of reptile people, I just tend to be the loud guy. And, uh, you know, so when it comes to pushing us arc like I'm, I'm definitely trying to do that <clears throat> as much as possible just because as we're facing all this stuff it seems like nobody's really paying attention uh, you know and, and so i'll i'll say that you know it's it's important as much as you know we need people to show up to you know hearings and jump on zoom calls and and all that stuff it's also really important for for those of us that might not be able to show up just because of distance or whatever that you're still staying in the know um, you know, Phil and the team do a great job of keeping everybody informed with newsletters, you know, the alerts on the website, um, on the Facebook page, on the Instagram page, if stuff comes through. So seriously, take, you know, the five minutes out of your day to go to usarc.org and check out what's really happening um, so that you actually have some, you know, real knowledge, you know, between you and spewing something to somebody else that... <laughs> That's not really backed by any facts. You know, I mean, it, it's, it does more damage than good when you're uneducated just talking about stuff that is actually important and you don't know anything about what's really going on. So take the yeah, time. Was, with, with the rebrand, that was one of the things that blew me away. Again, somebody sent it to me. And I mean, there were people on there throwing around numbers like thirty, forty thousand $40,000 that US Arc spent on this rebrand. I just I had no idea what they were talking about. And I've seen a couple of those things before. Um, I know one time there was somebody complaining because they actually looked at our 990s, which is the IRS form that we have to post as a nonprofit organization. All those are listed on our website, so you can see where our money goes. And maybe it was a little bit of our fault, but there was a, a section the accountant labeled as computers, and yeah. it was like $5,500 that said computers. That that was not on computers. That was just a, a category <laughs> that accountants use. That was actually when we redid our website, and that's what we paid to get our our old website taken down the new website totally put up which is crazy cheap for any legitimate website bill um yeah. most websites are anywhere between like what eight and ten thousand dollars to yeah, actually eight, get them eight, eight thousand dollars up so you know and this was on this wasn't just creating a new one this was actually transporting all the old you know relevant information from the old one and putting it in the new one but it was it was not spent on actual computers <laughs> and, uh, let's see your macbooks phil <laughs> and, and another one I think I saw was that, you know, I get paid to do this. Why is a nonprofit paying somebody? I mean, this is a full-time plus job. 
Um, I know on the, on the 990s, it says I work 40 hours a week. I've never worked 40 hours a week because it's always been more than 40 hours a week. So, <laughs> um, but I don't know why you would expect somebody to do something like this and, and not get compensated for it. So unfortunately, you, you know, it's, it's general Facebook drama and keyboard warriors who, uh, you know, post stuff, but never come up and ask questions at a U.S. ARC booth. But it, it's some Love. of that is floating around out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah man. If you have questions about USR, come up and talk to me. I got no problem. Even if you say USR is crap, I don't know what you guys are doing. At least come talk to me about it <laughs> and, and see if you still think that after you talk to me rather than just posting that kind of nonsense around on, on Facebook. No, nah, people yeah. would rather just sit there and, and think that they're right and uh, think that they know everything that's going on when in reality they're just making guesses. They're basing it on information that they've got from some other random person who doesn't know what's going on. And so they basically have formed all these strong opinions based on nothing, based on false claims. Like they don't even understand. And if they took the time to reach out and talk to US Arc or how about shoot you an email or call you, like you're not an unreachable guy. Yeah, like, president at usarc.org, pretty easy to get to. We've got, <laughs> we've got an email form on the website. We've got, you can contact us through Facebook. There may be an admin who sees it, but, you know, eventually it'll get to me. So, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty easy to find us. And before we go farther, Natalie's Reptiles, she needs to send me an email at president at usarc.org. I think she needs a t-shirt because I think she's... I <laughs> She's, so. she's done like six five dollar donations so far <laughs> you rock natalie <laughs> oh yeah that's what it's about that's oh, awesome man. so Heck we're just getting towards the end of the session for most states right now so during january february march is when we're going to be probably seeing a lot more things popping up we're going to start seeing a lot of these regulations proposed regulations coming in and so it's going to feel like last year when we had stuff really just pumping in and cruising in. So that's something that we all need to be paying attention for the next, you know, we got two months till the end of the year. And then January 1st, probably within the first couple of years of January or first couple of days of January, we're probably going to get an onslaught of different things that people are going to need to start paying attention to. Right. Yeah. That's always when you see most U.S. ARC alerts. I always compare it to tax season. You know, it's like February through May um, is when you see most of our alerts. And just as Rob just said, it's because that's when most legislators, most legislators are in session. And something else U.S. ARC brings to the reptile community is we have a system set up through a program called LexisNexis. And that's how we get alerts for these. So, I mean, they're basic keyword searches, but it is expensive to have these things. So, if something comes up with the word Python in it, for example, um, that may trigger an alert that there's either a ban on Pythons or a ban on educational programs or whatever it is. But, you know, USR gets alerted every morning, actually throughout the day as these come through. And then we go and check and see if it actually affects us. So, uh, for example, Idaho has a lot of legislation introduced about the Snake River. <laughs> Obviously, that doesn't affect the reptile community. But since it has the word snake in it, we still get alerts to it. And then we just sort through, you know, that only takes five seconds. You know, it says Snake River. But that doesn't apply to us. Um, but if it says, you know, uses the word snake and it's uh, educational programs, you can't take snakes out in educational programs. You know, obviously we're going to put an alert out for that. And uh, so, again, that's something else that a group like U.S. ARC does that. And the best example just happened this year was South Carolina, that venomous ban. I mean, again, that happened three days before session. If U.S. ARC hadn't been there to get that alert, because we had, you know, venomous reptile as a, as a keyword search that would have passed and venomous keepers in South Carolina wouldn't even have known about it. And even if it had passed, you know, at least there would have been a chance there. Um, but again, that was three days before the end of session. I think the vote happened two days after we put out the alert. You know, that would have passed on the first floor vote and been a done deal. And venomous people would have known about it maybe two or three weeks later, if even that soon. Um, yeah. So, again, another reason it's important to support us so we can you know, monitor that kind of stuff. So important. So important. And it, it just blows my mind that some people don't recognize how important that is because they're not sitting there. The other person's not sitting there just combing through all the different regulations <laughs> that are going on in the state. They're not. They just aren't. Those people are not aware of like 90% of the regulations. Yeah, I'd say 95, 98% of the regulations that are going on in the state. <laughs> No idea what's going on unless it was some hot button thing about drugs, about alcohol, about clubs, about you know 
what they can wear a mask out, unless it's something that's a hot button issue at that particular moment. Most people have no idea what's going on in their state. Yeah, and even th- even then they probably don't know. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just checking the door at Walmart to see what the CDC regs are for the state. <laughs> oh man, so true, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, I don't understand what US Arc is doing, and it's like, dude, unless you're sitting there putting in the work, like, what? How do you not see the value in this? I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah, when it, I mean, uh, when it doesn't affect them, you know, it's easy for people to turn their head. Obviously, the states where something has happened and we've done work, we get more support in those states um, mm. or or cities. Uh, but but yeah, if it's something where something doesn't happen, you know, unfortunately, people just tune out, tune out the U.S. Arc and, and don't understand what we're around for. But to all those that do, we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. Pe- people need to be tuned in. It, it, it's it's so it's so important, you know. Um, yeah, I, I I'm thinking back now to uh, <clears throat> when when we were dealing with the the Florida stuff. And um, in this, at the same time, you guys had posted the alert for the uh, Illinois. Um, I think it was the educational yeah, traveling, uh, traveling animal. Accident, we call them. Yeah, and uh, you were like, "Yeah, you know, this has gotten more attention, you know, in the last however many hours than the uh, Florida thing has gotten uh, in two weeks of, of being posted." And and man, that pissed me off <laughs> so yeah, that, much I mean, I you know, know what, is, what is up with florida i mean they we all know by far they've got the largest number of, of reptile keepers and breeders i mean that's just what florida is you can keep stuff outside that you can't yeah. keep anywhere else in the country but but man getting people to show up i mean it is a pain in the butt uh, i'll admit that tallahassee is at the top of the state which is you know away from 90 percent of the population in florida but still did not even send emails or calls. Um, I mean, we, you know, it's almost, it's depressing to, to say this, but it's important for people to hear it. You know, we had one alert, which is what we call an easy alert because we knew the legislators weren't hearing from people by taking the time to copy and paste the emails and send it. So we did one of the easy alerts, which all you had to do was put in your name, your city and your email. And it automatically contacted all the legislators on that committee where it was being heard and it, and it was less than 200 people that did that. I mean, in a state with whatever, a quarter million reptile people, people, keepers, you can't even get 200 to, to send it. And then I said that, I said that down at Daytona and somebody in the back raised his hand, uh, Jerry Beathard raised his hand and said, well, two of those people were from Texas. <laughs> so we had, <laughs> we had two guys from Texas who were doing it and, uh, you know, more than the Floridians were. And, but, you know, I'm not, not bashing Florida. There's a group. Uh, you know, the USR Florida Board of Directors, you know, 11 people that stepped up. Um, they're actually in large part funding USR Florida themselves until USR Florida gets rolling. But, you know, there were some people that stepped up and and, and did a good job down there. Yep. And the thing is that it, it can't just all solely rest on their shoulders. People need to show up and people need to pay attention to what's going on because uh, they can only do so much. They can't force you to come to meetings. They can't you know, shuttle you all over the place. You know, if, if it's important to you, if your reptiles are as important to you as people say they are, then you got to show up. And, and I know, and uh, you know, I've, I've been kind of the same way in the past too, you know, conspiracy theory runs a little bit in all of us. And I know some people don't want to send those messages because they think somebody's going to come knocking on their door. Here, here's what I can tell you about that. So we did a federal lawsuit, obviously, hopefully a lot of people are familiar with it, um, that reversed FWS's authority over injurious species under the Lacey Act, but not a single one of those people who signed up as on as plaintiffs on this federal lawsuit ever had the United States Fish and Wildlife Service come and knock at their door and give them a hard time. Um, and the same with our other lawsuits or things we've been involved in. No one who has ever come forward has ever received those, you know, secret surprise visits with people knocking on their door, whether it be animal control or a state wildlife agency. So I'm not saying it won't happen sometime if you get up there and and piss somebody off, Um, which, again, it's that's why it's important to be civil and professional. You don't want to start cussing and swearing and calling the lawmakers names. But again, I've I've never seen it happen. And that's over nine years. So, yeah. I People said, use that as an excuse. You need to stop using that for your excuse. Just say you're lazy. <laughs> <laughs> you 
and, and I said some stuff to the, the people down in Florida that they weren't particularly happy about. And, you know, ain't, nobody showed up to do anything to me. You know, I'm not even in, not an inspection, not anything. And, you know, I threw some information out there that probably was not too welcomed or accepted by the people on that board. But, like, it is what it is, you know. And and as far as what most people are going to say, they're going to say, hey, I care about these animals. You know, please don't do this. Um, you know, I went quite a bit beyond that and nothing happened to me. So I'm just, just throwing it out there. You know, stand up for your rights. Stand up for, you know, the stuff that you, that you care about. That's it. That's it. I want to shout out uh, Philip from Pack Pythons, uh, who just threw four ninety nine. He says, "I hope the drinks at the auction raise funds for U.S. Ark. I don't. I don't know if that counts. I think the the uh, the venue needs to make their money back. Yeah, that's going to the convention center. U.S. Ark isn't paying for those bars, which we couldn't anyway. It's illegal. So yeah, all that goes through the whatever convention center it is, and those bartenders get paid in the convention centers making funny on the drinks. But yeah, I met him at, uh, at Tinley. He was set up, so didn't yeah. make it around much to look at anybody's booth, but I did meet Phil from PAC. So thanks. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Tinley, Tinley this year was insane for sure. It was, it was great. Um, yeah, it was great to it. see so many people like repping us arc being in the, being in the zone in the know and uh, yeah, I was. It felt nice to be back uh, to a, a more normal Tinley, you know. Yeah, that's an that's an understatement. And I don't. They sold a lot of VIP tickets. I mean, that show on Friday and Saturday yeah. morning, I was like, "There's already more people here than are at most reptile shows, and the show's not even happening <laughs> yet." I mean, people were people were ready and forking up the funds to get in there early. It was nuts. Yeah, yeah, it really was. What I kind of want to do for next year, for next October is uh have everybody who who got a US art shirt who has a US art shirt get all everybody together in one room or in one area and get a picture of everybody together wearing a US art shirt. I think that would be awesome. Cool. That'd be really yep. Yeah, there was Heck somebody yeah. uh, what is it, Snake Discovery. They're a big YouTuber. I think they have like Ooh. two and a half million followers on YouTube, but yeah. Everybody was mentioning how why people were wearing um, the onesies. The onesies. I was gonna say you. Yeah, the onesies. <laughs> I guess they had lost some kind of bet, and all these people they had to wear onesies uh, during the show on Saturday, and all their a bunch of their followers showed up wearing onesies at the NARBC Tinley on Saturday. So, yeah, yeah when, that's a true, that's a true influencer right there. When you get a few, a couple hundred people wearing onesies at a reptile show, you get yeah, you get some pool. People like you. <laughs> I've never seen so many unicorns in my life. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a lot. Oof, there were a lot of onesies that day. You know who you know who got the worst end of that stick was uh, was Adam Chesla because Adam was wearing a zebra onesie to promote the new zebra morph. For ball oh, pythons, and, he was, he was and uh, <laughs> yeah, and people were like, "Oh, you brought a whole crew with you to talk about your ball python." He's like, "What the heck are you talking about?" <laughs> he was not happy about that. <laughs> it's just fun it the other way. He should have been like, "Yeah, look at all these people who are excited about my new zebra morph. Look at all I know in their onesies." <laughs> <laughs> I told him I was like, "You got to make a phone call. You got to get somebody to get a lion onesie to just chase you around for five Five minutes of the entire show. He's like, Did you guys gonna see the zebra getting chased by the lion? He was wearing something about some booth 504. We should go over there and make sure he's okay. <laughs> Rob, Rob, why are you shaking your head? I know you're a onesie, I know you're a onesie. I, I am, but I just feel it's cool, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it was it was quite the quite the scene. <laughs> I don't know how I didn't see any pictures of people in onesies. I think uh, I think people were like, "Please don't take a photo of me in this." <laughs> yeah, any Saturday picture taken at at Tinley, there's no way. If you look in the background, there's people in onesies. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, there's some onesies many. happening. It was it was a lot of onesies. Yeah. Yeah, Rob, it, it was so packed. Uh, they they were they were over at the Morph Market booth, and that's where the the big like Y convergence happens in the middle. You couldn't get through the left side of the Y, like on the afternoon of Saturday. Like there was a line of people that deep. It was it, there was a lot of onesies. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> 
So shout out to everybody that wore their PJs to Tinley. We appreciate that. <laughs> I I didn't I, I didn't ask. Ooh, Phil became a robot. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. So there or not? No, no, he is frozen. He's frozen. Okay, he's back. We we missed what you said. I'm working on it. All right. Okay. Hey, we made it through 58 <laughs> minutes without a technical issue. That's pretty good. That's true. That's true. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, it was it was good times. I I wanted to talk to Brian Potter to see what uh, what his his thoughts were on all of the onesies appearing. <laughs> I'm sure that was not expected. They had to pay to get in. <laughs> that's hey, that's true. That true. That absolutely. <laughs> oh man. All right. So we're we're winding down. We're hitting our last couple minutes of uh, of this episode. So, um, Phil, we you know the deal. We ask everybody one. One final wrap-up question, and I feel like it's appropriate, seeing as how you know Tinley just happened and everything. We got to see a lot of what's happening in the industry. Um, so, what in the realm of reptiles has you excited about reptiles? Oh, excited about reptiles, man! I need honestly, I need to start walking around shows more um, <laughs> and getting. You know, I, so I was a reptile nerd back in the day. I mean, I was one of those guys who. Who got my Tinley ticket? I've been going to Tinley since 2001. I was going to reptile shows before that, but um, you know, Tinley was one of those shows. I was the nerd that was there both days. When as soon as you could get in the door, you know, I just spent all day, you know, walking around Tinley. Even after I was done buying stuff, I just I never left the show. So you know, I'm a I'm a reptile geek at heart, and you know, um, some of that's starting to come back. Um, obviously, there was some burnout a little bit because of US Arc, but. Um, you know, it, it's cool just to see people excited about this stuff. You know, the reptile community has something that like aviculture and aquaculture don't really have. You know, we can have these shows where they're accessible and you can see kids coming in. You can see the next generation coming along. You know, unfortunately, that's what's being lost. It's a lot harder, obviously, to have fish shows because you got to move water around. Um, and aviculture, the bird community, you know, that's kind of you go to an aviculture show and everybody's over 50 years old. And you're like, where are the new people going to come from? Um, but, but reptile community just keeps drawing them in. And that's, what's awesome. You know, when you see a little kid who's geeking out over a, a leopard gecko, fat tailed gecko, crested gecko, corn snake, whatever it is, but, you know, just seeing a little kid geek out over that stuff and be excited about it. You know, that's, that's always cool to see and get you, get your energy going again a little bit. So, you know, I just appreciate any reptile show who's doing it right. Um, and, you know, drawing in those, those new people to keep us going. Heck Yeah. That's, that's my that's that's my bureaucratic answer, you know. Outside of that, <laughs> uh, I've I've got a few leeches lining up, leechianus that have been Ooh. coming uh, coming here. That that's kind of a something I haven't worked with before. So obviously, seeing seeing leechianus are pretty cool. Okay, all right, all right, leechianus. I see that. I see that. You used to have uh, blue tongue skinks, right? Oh, that still, was, that was yeah, like your I mean, thing back in the day. I forget. So 1997 was the first time I bred reptiles, not started keeping them, but bred them. So again, I've been around for a minute. It was actually gold dust day geckos was the first species I ever bred. Heck um, yeah. Let, let's face it, pretty easy to breed, but still it was cool. And that was yeah. almost 25 years ago now. But yeah, I've always had uh, boa constrictors and blue tongue skinks. I think my first blue tongues I bred in 2004. Um, so yeah, but yeah, still have boas and blue tongues, but just add in some leeches and I have a couple random animals floating around too like it like all reptile keepers do <laughs> heck yeah all right yeah. so uh where just or everything's going to be in the chat but in case people are just listening audio only where can people find uh more about what's going on with us arc yeah again usarc.org so usark.org is our website. All the information's there. If you're worried about alerts, we don't flood our website with newsletters. So just scroll down the homepage and it'll show you all the recent alerts. So super easy to find our Facebook page. And, you know, we try and post on there every day. So something can get kind of lost in the shuffle there. Uh, we have an Instagram account now you at us arc official. And like I said, we have Twitter, but unless it's a big alert, it's probably not going to show up on our, on our Twitter account, but super easy to follow us on social media. What I suggest people doing rather than or on top of social media um, is 
just sign up for our free newsletter. Even if you're not ready to commit or don't have the money to become a member, which is only 40 bucks a year or $5 a month, our newsletter is free. So just go to usarc.org, plug in your email and name on the right side of the screen and hit submit. And then you're automatically be getting our, our newsletters. Bam. Which hopefully everybody who's watching this podcast and listening to this podcast has at least already done that. So they're in the know. So, all right, man, that is going to wrap it up. So Phil, Thank you so much for taking the time uh, and hanging out with us. And uh, Oh, were you going to say something, Rob? No, I was just going to say thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate you showing up and, and, and spreading this information. It's important. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys because, you know, always happy to do a, a podcast. And I told you guys because, you know, you've, you've always hounded me about it. And I said, anytime you guys <laughs> want, you guys got it. So I appreciate what you guys do too. So thanks. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. That is going to wrap it up. So thank you again, Phil. Uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you at some point soon. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Have a nice time, man. Boom. All right. So that that is that. Massive thanks again to Phil at US Arc for coming and hanging out with us. Um, thank you to everybody who's here in the chat. Uh, Natalie, thank you for continuously throwing many dollars at us to send to Phil. Um, so make sure you send him an email <laughs> so he can get you hooked up with some, some US ARC swag. Um, all right. Until next time, guys, if you're waiting for the audio only, you will have to wait until next week. Boo-hoo for you. You should be checking this out on YouTube so that you can get more reptile talk in your life more frequently. But, you know, I guess we may have faces for radio. But, uh, all right, guys, that wraps it up for us. We'll see you next time. I'm not telling you who's on next because we don't even know. So we'll see you later. (laughs) 